Welcome to the 55th episode of the Experimentalist Podcast with Ogilby Strait. <laughs> I'm going to tell a story. This is a story about placebos. You know, the pill that you take uh, that is basically just like a sugar pill, something fake that shouldn't do anything to your system when you take it. These tests go on all the time to determine if real things, real drugs and things of that nature actually have the desired effects or any effects at all. The real thing is when you've taken the pill that you know is the placebo and you still start to feel the effects. That's when you start to ask yourself questions that you usually skip since you think you already know the answer. Things like, am I awake right now? How am I feeling? Am I okay? Should I be happy right now? And does any of this make any sense at all? I'm going to tell you a story. And this story is about Johnny. Not this Johnny over here. And not that Johnny over there. This is a whole nother Johnny. This is a Johnny that my friend Jenny told me about. Now, Jenny is my dentist. She used to be a hygienist back in the day in this orthodontics office in Church Hill. They used to do these trials testing different anesthesia methods, mostly gas, but some by pill or injection. And they were placebo tests. 
but the subjects that were receiving the placebo would be told right at the beginning that, you know, it wasn't the real drug. See, the doctors and the engineers pretty much knew that these chemicals worked. They just didn't know how they felt to the person going under. If they were completely unconscious or if they were having total flipped out psychotropic situations. If they were feeling pain or pleasure, they just needed to know that. So they didn't want to waste time with the ones not feeling any effects. So the placebo part was just a legal formality, something they had to do, but they would come in, tell them it was, they would give them the gas or the pill or whatever, and then just say, that was the placebo, and thanks for coming in. So there was this patient named Johnny who came in the very last time they ever did these trials. Jenny was about a year or two out of dental school and she'd been working the trials. But this particular one seemed really odd. There was a lot more people there monitoring and observing, working around the clock, just buzzing. There was even a medical staff there and an ambulance just waiting. They kept getting visited by these guys that you could tell were like the top brass in the company just checking things out. Tons of weird machines being wheeled in. It was like a mad scientist lab. Jenny had never witnessed this level of interest in the studies before. Needless to say, things were getting pretty bizarre. Jenny checks in this Johnny. He heads back to this open room and hops up onto the chair. She straps a mask to his face and turns on the gas like she's done 150 or so times before. And Johnny breathes in and closes his eyes. He's ready to go. But she leans over and rather softly but matter-of-factly says, This is a placebo. And she takes off his mask. 
He looks at her shocked because she just abruptly snapped him out of this zone he was trying to get into. He was looking forward to this trip down memory lane. Back in these fuzzy days where he used to pummel his brain with substances and just get all whacked out. thought of it kind of was still giving him these effects but Jenny looked right at him and and was like do you understand nothing's gonna happen so he nods he's kind of disappointed he gets up and walks outside just to leave that's when he notices how bright it is so bright He can't even see where he is. He turns around and can't see the building he just walked out of. And it keeps getting brighter, so bright. It's this neon white that shocks his system. And then he just wakes up back in the chair. The doctors start asking him questions, and he tells them what happened. Like, two seconds went by, the nurse said it was a placebo, he got up, and they start saying, no, that didn't happen at all. You breathed in this gas, and you went out. And I mean, you weren't just out, like knocked out, you straight up disappeared. Johnny didn't really believe him. He didn't understand. And then in an instant, everything went black. Johnny heard this sound. It was kind of like a falling, a collapsing sound, like bodies falling to the floor. Johnny's vision was still kind of sparkly, almost like if you look at the sun too long and then close your eyes, you can see these purple and white flashes. He was feeling around above him in the darkness. He knew there was a lamp there, like one of those dentist lamps. And he just was trying to find it so he could switch it on and get his bearings. At one point he got it and clicked it on. And he used the lamp to help him get up onto his feet. Then as he was standing there, he could hear a chattering behind him. It was a quiet sound, but it was also eerie and hollow. He started to spin the lamp so he could see behind him, and he shined the light back to where the doctors were standing. There stood two skeletons, shivering, 
and rattling, inching forward. Rib bones and shoulder bones knocking together and off one another, and foot bones clacking away on the tire fl tile flooring. Johnny tried to turn and run away. He was pushing with his legs as hard as he could, but he was moving in slow motion, almost like he was running through thick syrup. And so the super slow motion chase occurred. And the whole time, Jenny, who was hiding behind a movable cabinet in the hallway, she was just watching. Johnny was terrified as he ran through the hallway, with the skeleton still on his tail. Suddenly he got close to the end. It seemed like it took all day, but he was finally approaching a door it said, Danger, employees only, keep out. Just in front of that door, there was another giant cabinet there on wheels. It was filled with all kinds of medical instruments, syringes, bandages, bone saws, little reflex hammers, autoscopes. You know, those things that doctors look into your ears with. The skeletons were reaching out he could hear every little joint clicking as the skeletons shivered and bounced toward him, the, their fingertips just slightly be, behind his head. He reached out and grabbed the whole cabinet and pushed it behind him as hard as he could in their direction. It collided with their bony finger figures and they collapsed into hundreds of pieces. Bones littered the entire hospital floor, dropping down into precisely 412 separate pieces. Johnny was standing right in front of that danger keep out sign. He could see some sort of light inside that made it seem like a safe place to go for some reason. 
So he goes inside, and in there, there's flashes of blue and white light everywhere. There's a centralized spot where the light seems to be coming from, and there's lightning flashing all over the place. There just seems to be this weird electrical force in the center of the room. The force in the room seems to have a gravitational pull. At first, Johnny tries to exit back out the door he just came through, but he can't move in any direction except toward the giant, glowing, static, electrical light. And he notices as he's slowly moving forward toward the light that there's another figure standing just to the side of it. It seems to be a man, but a tall, thin, almost girly-looking man. And the figure appears to be extremely calm, and he motions for Johnny to come closer. He does it in a way that puts Johnny at ease. And since he cannot move in any other direction, he decides to walk straight toward the light. As soon as he takes his first step, he is instantly pulled to the center of the room into the electricity. It is more powerful than anything he's ever felt in his entire life. It feels like he has just been sucked into the center of the sun. And it was hot but he did not feel any pain. At one point, his body seemed to disassemble into a billion individual molecules, and he felt as wide as the entire universe. And then, when he reassembled, he was floating in space, in a suit made of clear plastic and he was next to the man who led him into the light. They were floating together and holding hands at this point. And then the man began to sing. Ground control to Major Tom. 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 Johnny couldn't believe it. He was drifting around in space with David Bowie. And he was enjoying himself. 
But then at some point he started to think about the real world. At first he didn't want to. This was the single greatest experience of his life right now. But he started thinking about his job, his couple of friends, his mother, his cat. And he started wondering how he was going to get back. He thought about asking Bowie if it was even possible. Could he return back home or was he stuck here floating around in space with this man? But before he even spoke a single word, Bowie was ready to answer him in the form of another song. stays out there a while and listens to Bowie play all the way through Space Oddity, Stay, uh, Ashes to Ashes, maybe Breaking Glass in between Stay and Ashes to Ashes. Not really sure about that. But then at some point, Johnny really wakes up. And there's several doctors there checking on his vitals, and one in particular asks him to recall the experience. He says very little. He tries to hold back his level of excitement. Because it was such a, an experience that was very personal to him. He doesn't even know if he wants to let anyone let anyone know that he went through all that. He says he can't really remember what happened, but he's pretty sure it was pleasant. The doctors confer for a little bit and they come back to him and they ask him if he'd be interested in participating in more trials. They say it might help him recall more if he does it several times in a short, you know, time span. And they say that they'll pay him. So Johnny nods. When can you be back, they say. He says tomorrow. And gets up feeling pretty damn excited like he's got a new angle on life like he just discovered a purpose one that he just might love one that if he handles it right it could bring 
rock and roll, maybe even Bowie himself, back to the world. He starts to head out of the office and Jenny yells to him. Hey, she says, your eyes. Your eyes might be sensitive to sunlight for a bit. You should put these on. She hands him these sweet shades and he rocks them hard. At this point, he walks to his car and pretty sure he has the song Fame kicking in his dome. Fame! 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 Fame!